welcome to Experience Points. My name is Brandon. And I'm Lance. Look, sometimes people make mistakes. Sometimes those same people want to take it all back and press a giant reset button. Sometimes those reset buttons are actually time-altering machines that bend and twist the fabric of reality itself. Today, we'll be talking about some of our favorite and least favorite moments in media where time travel was used and what makes those moments special to us. So, Lance, uh, for the listeners at home that don't know what time travel is, can you give a brief summary of what that might entail? No. Oh, oh okay. wait. You wanted me to say yes. I keep forgetting improv is yes and <laughs> not just no and shut down the segment. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's seen a time travel movie, right? Where either someone wants to go back in time and, and change something or something has come back in time to change them or in certain cases going to the future. But I feel like the the back in time is the more prevalent one versus jumping forward in time um, with a lot of, with a lot of uh, movies. Exactly. I mean, you know, if you really want to t- travel forward in time, you make a coma movie or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. Or space traveler, you know, something like that. I mean, space travel is time travel, you know, so there's that. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, and so, you know, I think today what I'd really like to talk about are some of like the good and bad with time travel, because I think just like there are really good movies about time travel, there are terrible movies that involve time travel. Um, and, you know, I, I think we should get the party started with that cult classic from the 80s. Oh, what was that? Harry Potter. Hmm. Wait, that wasn't the 80s. Dang it, I messed it up again. Exactly. Actually, I'm talking about one of my favorite trilogies of all time, uh, Back to the Future, parts one, two, and three. Did that have time travel in it? You know, um, something about a magic juicer, I think is what it was. Is that the one where the main character tried to fuck his mom? Yes, actually. So, right. Wait, no, so that was Futurama. Sorry. A little bit of both, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um. So if, for those of you who haven't seen Back to the Future, um, the first movie, I think, is like quintessential time travel movie. The second one is regarded as a pretty good successor um, where they do mess with time a little bit more and get a little bit more creative with it. And then the third one is uh, a shame of an abortion of a movie uh, that should probably not exist, but some people, for some reason, like it. So... Yeah, you know, so do you remember what the rules for time travel in Back to the Future were like? I am not a big Back to the Future fan. Um, Not that I dislike the movies, it's just the genre usually doesn't pull it for me, the sci-fi. But from what I remember, uh, for the back in time part, it's if you edit anything back in time, it edits the future. And the main thing I remember from it was just the, you know, uh, picture fading as his mom and his dad aren't getting together. That's right. And I think the coolest part is that the entire ending of the movie changes, um, which this is spoilers for a 25, 35-year-old movie, I think, if I'm doing the math right. Count on um, your fingers, man. Count on your fingers. Yeah, I had to use my toes on that one. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so at the end of the movie, you know, I guess a little juxtaposition from the beginning. Uh, the beginning of the movie, you have this like, bumbling dweeb of uh marty's dad 
um, that's sort of like getting pushed around at work and he's not really confident. And then our main character goes back in time, meets his dad, and through the actions that he's had in the past, while also almost having sex accidentally with his mom. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, I, you know, a little asterisk there next to the accidentally part. Mm. But um, through the actions that he takes in the movie, uh, his dad actually becomes more confident and is very successful in the future. And so we get this nice, like, you know, effect of, you know, all Marty was trying to do was sort of keep himself from fading out of existence. And then we end up with him being the hero for his dad. Almost. Um, it's just a very interesting way to flip the script, so to speak. Um, yeah, Cause I think now, uh, I was going to say a lot of movies in the, in the eighties uh, were very like kid gets saved by father figure. And so it flipped that. Now I'm curious. I I don't remember this in Back to the Future, but is it? Did the events in the past still happen? As in, is it ever revealed that like the parents remember you know certain things that happened in the past? Not necessarily seeing their son, but you know seeing something happen or or anything like that. Or or is it just kind of all washed away? As long as the parents get together, then he's fine. So as long as the parents get together, that makes him. Um, but, uh, there are certain things like, I think if George, his dad, uh, were like to lose the ability to have children through a, you know, loss of a particular body part or something, right. Mm -hmm. Um, then Marty wouldn't exist. Um, and so that's really the one thing that if they got together, you know, it, it's a very in point that like there's only one timeline. And so if you change the past, it alters the future. Okay. Gotcha. If that makes sense. It does. Um, but you know, there's some variations on it and you know, an example that I'll bring up is just Harry Potter, which is, it's funny because I know we have differing views on this, but with Harry Potter, it, it's that whenever they go back in time, they remember the, the things that happen when they went back in time. If, if that makes sense, like, there's a rock that's thrown. There's a, um, you know, a light that scares away um, Dementors and things like that. And those were from actions from themselves that went back in time. And it's like this contained loop. While, you know, I feel like with Back to the Future, it doesn't necessarily have those things that Marty does throughout the plot that they really remember. It's just that, you know, the main plot is just to make sure that they, they stay together. So I think one of the things that's important to remember is that in the first movie, you're traveling backwards in time 30 years. Right. So the main characters will have 30 years of time to have forgotten about a lot of the things that sure. have happened in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, they definitely remember like the events that have happened. And uh, the sequel even plays on that because, um, you know, the whole concept of the sequel is that Marty has to go back in time um, and forward in time and back to the present sort of throughout the movie. And he ends up seeing himself doing certain things from the first movie. Okay. Um, and so he has to avoid himself to, you know, avoid another paradox of, you know, two people meeting and then past you knows what future you is going to do. And that would cause a paradox. 
Gotcha. Yeah, so that would be, yeah, definitely similar to, um, I would say, the, the Harry Potter-esque, where, you know, they don't want to see each other, but at the same time, like, they know that certain events need to happen, and they're curious how those events do happen, and then, you know, they eventually realize, oh, we're the ones doing everything. True. And, you know, I think this may travel slightly into the negative here, um, because you you had to bring up Harry Potter. You had to do it. <laughs> Um, so one, I will say the way they handled time travel was great. Okay. Mm -hmm. For one movie, they acknowledged that time travel exists in their universe and boy, howdy, did they use it? Okay. (laughs) And then they forgot that it exists in every other movie. And, and the, the boggling thing is that time travel is this extremely powerful magic that can have massive repercussions and yet it's handed to what a fourth year student uh, who she's what, like 14, 15 years old, yeah. just handed this magical thing and not to save the world. That's not why she's given it. That may have made a little bit of sense. No, it's so that she can take extra classes. That's what bothers me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree on the logic of their usage of it. Um but, I mean, that's kind of all of Harry Potter, right? Like, there's so many cases where Harry just, you know, makes something fly backwards or shoots it out of their hand. And it's like, dude, you have unlimited power of magic. You could do so much more stuff. Um, and he just does it. Um, and time travel is is definitely that way, too. My biggest issue with Harry Potter time travel actually came after the movies. Um, did you ever read book eight that was released uh i want to say five years ago maybe 10 years ago uh it's the cursed child that's it yeah no so i never read it maybe you give a little brief synopsis without any spoilers since it's fairly recent i mean (laughs) spoiler for the harry potter movies uh harry potter and uh, Ginny weasley end up being married together and they have some children which the names are ridiculous uh severus uh what what was dumbledore's first name uh Uh, albus albus uh and then they had a daughter too and i don't remember what they named the daughter um but anyway, the story of the uh, eighth book, uh, The Cursed Child, is that the, uh, I think it's Albus, who ends up needing to go back in time for, for some reason. It's again related to uh, Voldemort, um, because <laughs> I guess I will spoil that part, but it's ridiculous. Um, but my main complaint is, the whole book is focused around time travel but they break every single rule. They broke all the rules that they already established with time travel, which was that it's a self-contained system and anything that happens, it has already happened. If that makes sense, you know, like whenever in the movies, they go back in time, they things happen and then they have to go back in time to make those things happen. So whatever happened has already happened. That does not happen in the eighth book. Um, He goes back in time. He fucks shit up. He changes a bunch of stuff, and as long as he doesn't do like really big key things, and everything's okay, and it just it there's a lot of things wrong with that book, but that's the one that really made me frustrated because I like how they did time travel in the movies, and then and then the eighth book it was just I don't know it was terrible. Gotcha. Okay, uh, that that makes sense. I mean, 
the big thing about uh, something that is so focused on uh, time travels that you have to follow the rules that you establish, right? Like if you establish that there are multiple paths that things can go and then they can go that way and it makes sense, sure, go for it. But if you've already established one media, you can't then establish another, right? Yeah, and that's that's a big complaint I have with a lot of movies. It's it's that I I appreciate whenever rules are set and followed and it doesn't and they don't have to all be the same rules. I'm, I'm not like it has to time travel has to be like this. It's just if you set the rules, follow them. And I I, I don't know why it's so hard for them to do that. It's like you know how your how your movie is going to go with time travel. So go ahead and, and do whatever you want with time travel and then just, you know, set those rules early on so that you're not breaking the rules later. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. And I'm, I'm going to give some praise here for one of the movies that I think does the consequences for, um, you know, using and abusing time travel really, really well. And that's the butterfly effect. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that movie? I have. We might have differing opinions on it. <laughs> so, so I think what's really nice about the butterfly effect, effect excuse me, um, one, Ashton Kutcher knocks it out of the park in that movie. I, I'm going to say it right now. I did not expect him to be that talented of an actor, especially after seeing that 70s show. Um, <laughs> but he does a phenomenal job in that movie. Um and every time that he goes back in time to fix that one event, because it really all hinges on that one event in his life, right? Uh, there's a few events because uh, he's he's got his journal and there's parts in his life where he blacks out. And th- those are the parts he's going back to. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just distinctly remember whenever he's the he's like a child. Uh-huh. and There's that whole scene. Um, so. Yeah. You know, he'll make a change in the past and then he'll wake up and he's, you know, missing an arm or something, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it it stacks on itself. You know, making one change in the past drastically alters the future for him. Yes. And if it followed those rules, I would agree with you. But you may forget this, Brandon, because it seems like uh, you haven't seen it recently. So there's a time when he goes back and he ends up in prison. He still has his journal with him and everything's still good. And he's trying to prove to his cellmate that he can go back and change the, the present. So he goes back to one of these memories. He like cuts something on his hand or cuts off a finger or something. I don't exactly remember what. And then he goes and then he returns back to his present. But in in the scar shows up, but that's not they they just broke the rules, you know? If if that would have happened, that should have changed everything he should have you know gone to a mental hospital or something and said he he should have never ended up in prison or if he didn't end up in prison he shouldn't have ended up with this uh um uh cellmate and if he did end up with this cellmate the cellmate would have always remembered him having the scar on his hand it wouldn't have just suddenly shown up from him going and then coming back you know it's like that was that was what was so frustrating to me because up till that moment they were doing well and then it was like no you just broke it all Oh, that's a good point. I actually totally <laughs> forgot about that scene. So thank you for correcting me. You're yeah, welcome. <laughs> uh, butterfly effect is a piece of shit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that one scene. <laughs> um, 
So, okay. Um, what are what are some other movies? I'm going to pretend like we didn't even talk about Butterfly Effect. What are some <laughs> other movies that did well? We'll just cut all that out. We'll cut it all out. Um, <laughs> yeah, that did it well. Um, I like Arrival. Um, have you seen Arrival? I haven't. Um, okay. And I'm okay with spoilers. So if you want to put a little spoiler <laughs> alert. Guys, this is an episode completely full of spoilers. If you don't like it, just time travel away from it. There you uh, go. There you go. I mean, it's hard to do a media podcast without having spoilers, you know. It makes it very difficult. Really, I think we should just call ourselves the spoiler points at this point. So oh, smart. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm okay with it now. So please <laughs> spoil the ever-living ever shit out of uh, Arrival for us, please. Well, to everyone except for Brandon, I will say uh, skip ahead. And don't listen to the spoilers for Arrival because Arrival is a great movie. Um, it's probably one of my top 25 movies of all time. And, you know, that's, I mean, there's a lot of movies. So I, it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and a big reason for it is that they follow their rules for time travel, among a lot of other reasons. But, so what happens in this movie, just a general synopsis, is there's a, a UFO that comes down. It's not like your typical UFO, but it comes down and there's a lot that land on Earth all around. And they're trying to communicate with these aliens um, because, you know, there's a language barrier and they only have a um, X amount of days because all over the world, these other countries are getting restless. You know, Russia and China, they're thinking, you know what, let's just nuke it. And so the whole time it's like, you know, stressful, like, can we just fucking communicate with these guys and you guys not be dicks just for a second? Um, so it's it's a it's a it's a. It's a thrilling movie for what is what is mostly just about them trying to communicate with uh, aliens. But the end result is essentially their language is um, time travel. So they can communicate with people in the past or in the future, and they need to give this gift to the human race to save themselves. Now, they don't explain exactly how it saves the aliens or anything, but um the whole movie you know she's she's remembering her child and she's remembering this family she has and everything and it turns out at the end that actually that was her future family after all these events happened and the reason she's remembering it is because the aliens had already given her the power of time travel and so the whole time she had it regardless so it's a great movie and again it does it does time travel so well definitely recommend it sorry for the spoilers if you're still listening and you're like wow that's really cool but now i know everything that happened that that is probably one of the more interesting ways to do time travel um and it's i like that it had the little twist um yeah yeah i did not expect that and i i will say a movie that did a similar ish twist was Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, and I actually just recently watched this for the first time. Um, and so this just blew me away. And this, it may be one of my favorite, uh, like, moments. But seeing the whole first part of the movie, which is like the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, is him, like, living his normal life, you know? Um, he gets drafted into the uh, infantry of this, this fight. So, you know, basically um, let me back up here. The whole plot of this movie, right. Is that um, there are these 
things called mimics and they've landed on earth. They're an alien species, uh, similar to, you know, what you would see in God. Uh, they almost look like the monsters from the matrix is really what they reminded me of. Mm-hmm. So you have all of these monsters all over the place. And it turns out that they have the ability to time travel. Uh, anytime one of their big main dudes dies, it resets a day and sort of starts things over for the uh, the bad guys. And the good guys have no idea that it happened. Um, so our our main hero, uh, Tom Cruise, um, he goes through his entire normal day and you watch all of these events unfold and then he dies and then the day resets. Um, and it turns out that these you know, creatures have sort of passed on the power to reset that day to him. And so every time he dies, it resets the day. And so you have this huge, huge thing of um, him going back, trying to fix things, going back, trying to fix things. Um, and almost the entire movie is about this one fight that he's just trying to get out of. Um, I think it's just brilliantly done. Yeah, no, I, I loved Edge of Tomorrow. And, um, you know, there's some issues I have with it, um, you know, with like transferring the power onto him. And, um, you know, he's still able to um, get to, you know, spoiler alert, Tom Cruise wins. Um, he's still able to kill kill these aliens that are able to control time. But overall, I love it. I mean, it's still a great movie and I, it's still very enjoyable for me to watch. And um, I would I would put it, you know, it's 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 a Groundhog Day movie, right? Like it's a self-contained day. You're doing the same day over and over. But um, I, I think it I think they execute it really well. You know, I, I'll also add on to this. The the issues that I had with the movie are not about the time travel. I thought the time travel was perfect. I thought the movie had other issues, though. Uh, similar to, like, you know, what I said about Harry Potter, where they didn't use it effectively throughout mm. the rest of the series. Um, for this one, there's there's this great scene. So, you know, there's a scene where he's training to be, like, this badass motherfucker, right? And he breaks his back because he gets slammed against a wall. Um, and then they have to reset the day because he he's basically dying there on the on the you know pavement. So after that happens, towards the end of the movie, he loses the ability to time travel and he gets slammed against uh, some stairs and then a wall after being drugged at like. Oh, Mach one against the uh, the ocean like dude should have been friggin dead over and over after that. Instead, he just gets up, brushes it off and picks up a gun. I'm sorry that did not follow the rules that you clearly established. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's your your unfortunate uh, side effect of a hero's quest, though, right? Hero can't die. So, yeah, maybe just don't make him get drug you know at the speed of sound across an ocean and then thrown into a wall i mean that's an easy thing to not write into the script what is the fun in that then it's actually a good point i'm sorry exactly um yeah and of course so the very very end of that movie he does win the fight but then he gets the power to reset the day again one more time which i think is just a cop-out 
Um, and it, it also did not follow the idea that the movie was setting, which was that he's using the power of these creatures. He is not one of these creatures. Uh Um, and so he should not have been able to reset the day if that creature was dead, at least in what I understood about the movie. Um, yeah. And maybe I misunderstood it. No, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, it, that that was my biggest issue was that he was even able to get to and kill the creature but you know overall like i said great great movie yeah i would agree um so all right we talked about the good we talked about the bad there's an ugly that i'd like to talk about um and it's something that everybody that's listened to any one of our podcasts know i hold very near and dear to my heart um lance what do you think this is Oh man. Um, let's see. What do you hold near and dear to your heart? Nothing. Just a black hole. Is it something about space? Black holes. Well, it is, it is about space. I am glad we got there. Um, have you heard of the amazing record breaking movie called amazing Spider-Man? I am going to hang up this call so fast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) no, uh, Unlike Amazing Spider-Man, which is just a black hole of despair, um, this is Avengers Endgame. Um, probably Avengers what? Endgame. Ah. Yeah. So um, I feel like everybody that's listened to our podcast has probably seen most, if not all, of the Avengers movies. So I feel like we can talk about this spoiler-free because there are no spoilers if you've seen the movie, right? I mean, I, yeah, I guess technically, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, of course I am. Um, so in this movie, they decided to just do fan service as a plot device and uh, decided that the only way they could get all of the Infinity Stones together uh, to save the world is by time traveling to go get all of them out of their respective places that they were in past movies. Um, I say this is fan service because it is very clearly fan service and they even break their own rules during the time traveling. So Lance, can you explain to the listeners at home uh, how they break those rules? Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. If you look up top grossing films of all time, Avengers <laughs> Endgame is number one at $2.8 billion with a buck. Okay. So you're saying that if a movie is a commercial success, it is a critical success. It's number one. What better can you do? You know, I I don't know what I was thinking. I, honestly, I apologize to the fans and the players. Um, it's really an egg on my face moment. Um, yeah. So it's it's there's a lot of things wrong with uh, Avengers Endgame and their time travel. First off is the how they're going back in time, right? They use the, uh, what are they called? The the pin particles? Yeah, pin yeah, part- they do. Um, which they say, you know, we only have a limited amount. We can only go back this many times. Everyone gets one that you can go back and come back. And so, um, what is it? Tony, uh, the Hulk, and Captain America, I believe, are the three that go back to New York to get the time stone and i don't remember all the stones they were getting there but regardless they all go back together and they 
how did they run out of it? Did they not? Did one of them only one of them be able to go back? No. So uh, in that scene, we had uh, Cap, Iron Man, Hulk, and Ant Man. I'm surprised that oh, you forgot about him. Oh yeah, he's an ant. I forgot about yeah. the ant. And also a man. Um, oh, right. so he. You know, they all four go back. They get everything that they need except for the space stone uh, because the Tesseract is stolen by Loki. That's right. That's right. I remember. Yeah. And they decide instead of let's going back to back forward in time with our Pym particle, we are going to go to a different point in time to get more Pym particles. And it's like, well, why didn't you guys just do that in the first place? Get a, get a fuck ton of them and then just keep going back. And if you ever run out, then or if you ever run into issues, then you're good to go. Well, it's because they spent all of that time, which, by the way, they had almost infinite time to make these plans. They just didn't think about it. Mm. I mean, that's yeah. a tough one, except for whenever they were in, back in time, back in New York, they did somehow think about it. Weird. Yeah, especially whenever you don't have infinite time after you've traveled back, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I yeah, I, I will say that was very annoying to me. Um, and then they also very clearly established the rules for time travel at the midpoint of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. um, just before they start going back in time, they say very clearly, this is not at all like... Uh, um, back to the future, right? Mm -hmm. You're going back and you're splintering things. So if you yes. make a change, this is no longer the same universe, right? Mm -hmm. Which, first off, I'll say it's real dicks of them because basically what they're doing is they're going back in time, they're taking all these stones and they're saying, fuck you to everyone else. But go mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah. And so uh, the Hulk does sort of explain in the worst ways possible um, that if they come back and give all of the stones back at exactly the time that they took them, mm -hmm. then no changes will have happened. The simple fact is that is not true. Um, you know, if you think about it, uh, what, what happens at the very end of the movie Lance, who, who goes back in time one last time? Oh, Cappy America. Yeah. So whenever cap goes back, what happens? So <laughs> I like to imagine that you're just like a senile old man. And you're just like, <laughs> what, what happens again in the movie at this point? Uh, yeah. When cap goes back, uh, this was a, another annoying point and that uh, he decides to live out his life with uh, Peggy in the past. And he returns as an old man on a bench to where he went back in time. But obviously, if he went back in time, split universe, he should never have been able to go back there. Exactly. He would have been in a different universe at the point in time that they were at. Um, and so you know, the, re the reason I'm asking you all of these questions is because, Lance, if, if I were to be answering these myself, you just would never talk in this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm so frustrated at this movie for these little, little things that added up for me, you know? Um, I mean, we can yeah. just make it the Brandon show where he talks about Marvel all day. I mean, that would be a very boring podcast for everyone but me involved. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I am so frustrated that that is how they handled this property. And I know, I know that they're going to use these 
plot holes that the fans have come up with. They probably didn't even see these as plot holes, right? But they're going to use our observations as fans to fuel the next phase of the MCU. Um, and that I think may be the most frustrating part. Um, you know, because you know, they, they, I think they've treated the fans poorly on these plot points. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it depends. I mean, I think, um, the Marvel movies have just kind of, they, they realize that they have a bigger audience and a lot of people who are going to see Marvel movies are just going to see the, the action. I mean, they're going to see the reason in game sold so high was one, obviously a collection of a bunch of movies leading up to this point. It's it's, there's no doubt that it's a cultural phenomenon um, regardless of even if you like uh, Marvel um, because of how much it took to, to get to this point. And two, they, they, you know, they do a lot of fan service, right? They do a lot of, um, Hey, here's all the uh, women Marvel characters. Hey, here's, <laughs> Um, Captain America with Thor's hammer. Um, you know they do a lot of stuff that that is definitely there for fan service. Like, oh, that's a that's a really cool scene, and I think that's what a lot of people remember from it is, oh, these are really cool scenes and these were really cool moments. But overall, the story was was yes, very frustrating, and and I think they just didn't care though. They were like, we have to do time travel. We don't really give a shit. People aren't going to like it no matter what we do. So fuck it. We're just going to break our own rules. Who cares? I think that sums it up perfectly. And as frustrating as as it is for us as fans of the series to see something like that, um, you know, they don't, I, I'm sure they just don't care. They are making so much money, as you pointed out, whenever we started this part of the conversation. I just, I don't, I don't see any reason for them to have changed. Um, because as we all know, um, the real goal of a company is not to make something that is good. It is to make money, right? Well, not just money to make $2.8 billion. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So Lance, I need to calm down. And I think the only way that I can do that is by talking about something a little bit positive about, <laughs> you know, time travel. Is there a moment using time travel in a movie that really, you know, made you super happy? Uh, yes, there is a ugly movie that I want to talk about. So fuck you. I'm not oh, doing damn. one I like, you son of a bitch. Um, I know. Um, you you thought Endgame was the bottom of the bottom, which I will agree. I don't I don't know which one on my list I would put between this movie and Endgame, which one I thought was worse, because Endgame messes up a lot more of the time travel, but the the fundamental part of Interstellar's uh, time travel is what is what made me so mad. Because overall, Interstellar is a great movie um, for ninety percent of the movie. And it's basically a movie uh, about a man. I don't even remember why he had to go to space anymore. Did, have you ever seen Interstellar? No, but I remember the previews showed an empty cornfield. Maybe that helps. I can't remember if it is for food. Um, I <laughs> I refuse to ever watch it again because, like I said, <laughs> I was really enjoying the movie. I like space movies. Um, but so the, the the time travel piece of it, though, is at the beginning of the movie um 
someone is talking to his daughter through a bookcase basically um and he doesn't believe it um because the daughter says it's happening um and i may be getting this wrong because again i was really mad from the ending um but eventually uh at the end they decide that they need to go into this black hole can't remember why they need to do that either um so <laughs> a lot of a lot of plot holes here from me <laughs> um but they decide they need to go into this black hole all right they decide they're going to commit suicide in yeah. the most painful excruciating way possible yeah. got it understood yeah. point one which was ridiculous because yeah you go in the black hole you're dead anyway which was annoying because they had the other science right like they go on this planet right and it's such a large planet that there's time distortion on it and that's real this is real science you know and so the guy from the spaceship up top isn't he's moving a lot uh faster in time versus all the people on the planet um so basically what he's seeing down there are events that are happening extremely slowly and the guy up in the spaceship eventually dies from old age when on on the planet it was only like i don't know a few hours or or something like that and that's that's you know that's real hard science or whatever and that was right. so frustrating because I was like, you know, I've never seen a movie do that before. That was super awesome to see. Um, so anyway, they go into this black hole and then they die. Movie over. Just kidding. Of course, they get into this black hole and it turns out that this is like the center of time. And once he's <laughs> in it, then he can literally reach out and like and like adjust the, the cords of time. And of course, he can't, you know, pick and choose. So how how is he able to communicate with his daughter whenever he can't find the exact cord to communicate on? It's love. Love is how he communicates with his daughter. Love is how he's able to find the right uh, time cord. And the whole time I'm just like, oh my god, this is so fucking stupid. Like, yes, I get it. If you want to go into the black hole and communicate, I still won't like the movie, but I won't be pissed off. But you use any emotion. You use love to say that this is how you're able to find your daughter when it's it's just it's just a human emotion like that's that's all it is and it it i it made me irrationally angry at the movie that is insane to me yeah i actually hashtag boycott interstellar at this point okay <laughs> um hey if, if, you, if that if that I, trends now i am so sorry interstellar <laughs> no, I, I am so sorry <laughs> Um, I'm actually curious. There may be a fan edit out there now where they redo the ending because that would be great. Like I said, the the majority of the movie was great. I was really enjoying it, and that was a probably a big reason why it it hurts so much because I enjoyed it so much, and then boom, big letdown. Wow. Yeah. No, that would uh that would take the wind out of my sails for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, man. Okay. So that's uh that's the anti recommendation this week. <laughs> Um, so, all right. Can, can we please talk about something positive? Because now I am like really down. Do you want a positive, uh, time travel movie or you just want current media? Oh, time travel movie. And then we'll move into current media. I think, um, let's see, you know, um, I would say Terminator. I mean, Terminator is a classic one, right? I mean, that's, that's one of the more classic, um, going back in time. And I mean, the, I think a lot of people will find inconsistencies with Terminator, especially because they, you know, have had so many movies. But overall, I, I enjoyed the movie, and they didn't really reference the time travel a lot because they stayed in the past for so long. I mean, yes, you could make the argument, well, why didn't they 
why weren't the machines just more accurate about going back at the right time and the right place and everything. But um, I don't know. I, I was able to, a lot of time travel movies, that's the whole thing I'm thinking about the whole time. Um, and term in the Terminator movies, a lot of times I'm just like, whatever, we're in the past. Um, I'm not really thinking about a lot about the future because they're not jumping back and forth a lot. So you don't have to really worry about the consistencies a lot. Right. No, I get that. I get that a lot. Um, and I think the first movie especially stands alone as sort of like a, a really solid example of like time travel and sort of like the repercussions of like advanced AI on like a grand scale if that AI is able to beat the Turing test basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so Lance, I've got to say my favorite is also one of my favorite movies, Go Figure. Um, and that is Donnie Darko. Um, not a lot of people really consider it too much of a time travel movie. Um, it could be sort of seen as a, a movie just about like the internal monologue of a disturbed teen. But I think it's better viewed through the eyes of like the sci-fi. So, you know, you've got this time traveling man in a rabbit suit um, that comes back and tells Donnie that the world is going to end in an exact amount of time. I mean, down to the second. Okay. Um, And then Donnie goes through and has all of these things happen. I really don't want to spoil this movie for you guys. I really think you should watch it. Um, And then there is another time travel event that happens um where like it's really the end of the world isn't the literal end of the world like was prophesied it's actually the end of something else and so it's a great way to see uh you know time travel in another light prophecy in another light um and, and it's just such a fun ride uh, also some great names are in there Jake Gyllenhaal Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, Patrick Swayze, just a star-studded cast. I, I, there's no reason not to see that movie. Just got to say it. I mean, you had me at Maggie Gyllenhaal. She is hot. Yeah. Just to objectify yeah. a little bit. Yeah, well, Jake's in it too, and he's, uh, I mean, he's you know, he can Mysterio me any day, you know? I don't know exactly what that means, but it's provocative. I, I, yeah, it is. It is provocative. Give me that. It's the people going. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, geez. Can we time travel back forty-ish uh, minutes and pretend like we never had this conversation? Okay. Sure. Sweet. Okay. Hey, Lance. What are you checking out this week? A book. What? I know. You can read. Well, it's an audio book. Oh, well, that explains a lot. The reader's cheating way to reading. Um, yeah, so I, I really enjoy listening to audiobooks. Um, I used to listen to them in the car back and forth to work, but now I primarily work from home. Um, I only have to go into the office occasionally. But I started picking up um, some audiobooks again just because I've been missing the storytelling aspect of it. And the book I'm reading is – oh, man, I should have had this prepared – it is um, a Appalachian Trail story by a someone who walked it back in, I want to say, 2003. And 
it's just his you know journey among it and he's a really great storyteller um you know just describing the different interactions he has with the hikers so far um and it's 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 yeah it's a it's a good book it's a good story and anyone who likes hiking at all i definitely recommend checking it out the reason i ended up uh picking it up and i'll after brandon tells his media i'll get the exact name but the reason i ended up picking it up was because i have always had the idea in my mind that i would like to uh hike the appalachian trail but it's just such a unrealistic <laughs> thing i mean it's it it's five months out of your life first off i mean that by itself is hard and then the whole time you're just walking miles you know 20 30 miles every day just non-stop you go to bed you're cold you're either wet you're not clean like the whole experience isn't it it's i think some people are good at romanticizing it but the whole experience just sounds like it would be a, a tough thing to do but hey maybe one day maybe one day on the podcast i'll come back after five months having hiked <laughs> the appalachian trail uh no you would be recording every week Ooh. from the appalachian trail okay oh man i'm, I'm sorry it's in your contract. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, no, I it's actually a really interesting concept. Please look that up. Um, while I give everyone a little taste of what I'm watching right now, um, Gross. and that was uh, actually what I watched just last night. Um, the Trial of the Chicago Seven. So it's a based on true story movie starring uh joseph gordon levitt and sasha baron cohen um it's the story of a real um riot that took place in 1968 i believe um and it follows mainly the trial for the seven people that uh the u.s government blamed the entire riot on um it's a really interesting story Lots of dips and turns and twists and just a lot of uh, just things that you don't expect to happen, happen. Um, and it's Sasha Baron Cohen. So it's got a lot of humor in there, too. Um, out of nowhere, these jokes come through. Um, and I don't think that anybody else really could have played this cast in the way that they did. Um, it also has a few other characters that are mainly known or excuse me, a few other actors that are mainly known for their uh, sort of character work um, that really show up and do a, for, for a, uh, a great performance. <laughs> um, and I, I honestly cannot recommend that movie enough. Uh, you will be cursing at the judge every second you get, uh, and you will be holding your breath whenever certain things happen. Uh, plus, there's a surprise guest star that you do not see coming until the last quarter of the movie, and it's amazing. So check it out. The trial of the Chicago seven. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'm also going to check out uh, Donnie Darko because I've heard of it, but yeah, never watched it. Um, anyway, the book is called a wall on the Appalachian trail by David Miller. Um, the reason it's called a wall on the Appalachian trail is whenever you hike the Appalachian trail, you have a trail name and his was a wall because of, he was basically going through a, it wasn't really a midlife crisis, but he was like in his 40s and he just left his job to do this, which typically you don't do. So that's why it's named that. Nice. OK, I will check that out. Um, and I'm sure Lance will be nice enough to put a link from uh, Amazon into the uh, description. Fuck Amazon. I'll put a link from something else. 
Okay, literally anything other than the smile link, which goes to charity. Uh, he does not want to do that. Yeah, fuck um, Bezos. That's what I'm saying, baby. Yep, uh, uh, fuck Bezos 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> side note, if uh, you know Audible wants to sponsor us, please don't listen to what we just said. I will um, accept sponsorship. You just have to be willing to accept. I'm going to say fuck you a few times. I mean, that's 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 just. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's part of it, man. And that's the death of our podcast. Um, so, Lance, uh, normally I would plug, you know, social media, but I've decided that we don't need that anymore. Um, so what I'm going to say instead is uh, if you can find us on social media and you shoot us an at, uh, I will see it and I may respond um, and you may get something kind of cool from it. Um Anyway, I want to actually leave us with this quote from Doctor Who regarding time travel. Um, so, I people assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Uh, and I don't think you could sum up what time travel is better than that quote about time. Very technical. Um, yeah. Yeah. So at this point in the show, we are already guaranteed that nobody is listening anymore. Um, I feel like it's a given considering this is our longest podcast yet. 50 um, minutes. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. I, Wait, we're are... shorter if he actually edits it at all. Uh, yeah, that's not happening this time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, guys, uh, thanks for listening to us. If you still are um, granted, you're not. So um, Lance, I think we've got D&D here in a few minutes. So D&D should we just drop out later? See ya. 